Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's my pleasure to announce the 2020 winner of her trophy, the Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl hammers it home. Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto with a help. Dylan Holloway, University of Wisconsin. We have a star in the making right now for the Edmonton Oilers. Now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. Jason's looking like he's picking the right time to get hot here. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. We're a really good team. Um, you know, we know that. And just trying to go out there and show that every game. I'm James Neal. Start on this. Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. Archibald Richard Smith, Leon Dreisaitl. This is Conor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Unbelievable. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-O. What a stop made by Miko Koskinen. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Of course, aha. 
Some have suggested a uh, legendary one-hit wonder. Great song, nonetheless. This is Oilers Now. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Oilers Now, of course, brought to you daily by Edmonton-owned and operated Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Lots to get to. And we will do so after I tell you that guests on today's show will include our NHL insider, John Shannon, Lance Lasowski from the Buffalo News. He has penned a uh, detailed uh, piece on the Taylor Hall signing by the Buffalo Sabres, included of which was a fair amount of background on the relationship between Hall and Ralph Kruger and Kruger's tenure as head coach in Edmonton, Ralph Kruger. Perhaps kind of like the Dosecki guy, right? One of the most interesting men on the planet you'll ever meet. I mean, not a lot of guys go and do speeches at the World Economic Forum, manage a... uh, first division under top division team in the uh, Premier League and then return to the NHL as a head coach for a second stint. Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports on today's edition of Oilers Now as well. All right, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, We're in a little bit of a quiet time right now. After a frenetic week a week ago that saw the Edmonton Oilers sign Kyle Turris, re-sign Tyler Ennis, uh, get a uh, freebie, I think, and Tyson Berry, and then bring back Mike Smith, a decision that many of you sort of question. It has uh, gone very quiet. Uh, you know, uh, there was we had Ken Holland on the show Tuesday or Wednesday last week and talked a bit about uh, the situation with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Ken basically uh, said, look, he's a big fan of uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins too, but they've got a little bit of time with this. We don't know when we're going to be returning to play, though I would suggest it would not surprise me if the start of the 2021 season was sometime between January 21st and February the 1st, if I was to hazard a guess at this stage. The Edmonton Oilers are currently at 44 contracts. Um, I know we've mentioned multiple times over the course of the last 10 days or so that the organization could use another right-shot defenseman, possibly a guy that has played you know, more than 40 games for the purposes of being exposed for the Seattle expansion draft and maybe uh, 40 games in the NHL in the past year and maybe a guy also who has played under 320 uh, pro games between the American League and the NHL. And I know that uh, some people out there were suggesting uh, Kurt Levins in the cult of hockey, Madison Bowie. It is interesting. There's another name, not a defenseman, um, and I'm the order's got a lot of forwards. You might suggest right now, they have 16 forwards if you factor in Alan Quine and Patrick Russell uh, into, you know, for the sake of argument. Let's just say Edmonton throws up McDavid, uh, throws Archibald up on the left wing, even though he's a right shot with uh, McDavid and Cassian. Drysaddle with RNH and Yamamoto. Turris with Ennis and Poliarvi. As Edmonton tries to have a little bit more play, I think 5v5 with their third line. One of Kerer, Haas, centering Neal or Chase on. And that leaves Nygaard, who's currently injured over with Farstad in Sweden. And it just made me think, looking at a left wing, because we don't know where Joe Kim Nygaard's at. He played about 30 games last season, got hurt two or three times. 
Would it make sense for Edmonton to potentially look at bringing a guy like Drake Kajula back? Was not qualified by the Chicago Blackhawks, was sort of part of the group, was made, uh, moved in a trade that sort of defied a little bit of logic, I think, in the minds of some Oilers fans out there when Edmonton brought Brandon Manning in from Chicago. It was one of Peter Shirelli's final trades. And... Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, they've got a lot of wingers. Some of you might suggest, well, what about a guy like Tyler Benson? You know, do you give him an opportunity? I just know that Kajulik has, has got a little bit of bite in his game. He's quick. He can kill penalties. And he's had basically double-digit goals. for. I think he had nine this past year, played under 50 games. But he's kind of he kind of gets you 12 to 14 goals. So this is purely me hypothesizing. It's nothing that I've heard. Um and it could be a tad problematic just because the Oilers have got a lot of forwards already, and they might have a couple guys on one-way contracts already down if and when we ever end up starting here as after uh, January 1st. Not much happening right now around the National Hockey League, and it makes you wonder if guys like Andreas Athanasiu, Dominic Cahoon, if players like that, Anthony Duclair, maybe misread the marketplace. Uh, there are teams that have got money. Nashville, Columbus, Florida, you know, they haven't spent it. And there's some decent players out there. Mike Hoffman, Granlin's out there, the better of the two Granlins. Nothing. So I don't know. I'm a, a little bit uh, interested to see sort of how the next few days work. Uh, just, uh, excuse me, just for a second here. Uh, yeah, we'll see what ends up transpiring with... Nashville, Columbus, and Florida over the course of the next week or two. And uh, away we end up going, if there is that much. I mean, eventually they're going to have to spend a little bit of money. All right, trivia time for you all. If you're an Oilers fan, if if you think you know the Edmonton Oilers, and Brandon, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. So Figured you might. Okay, here you go. Saturday, September or October 17th, was the anniversary of something that occurred on Saturday, October 17th, 2015, down in Calgary, involving the Edmonton Oilers. So during the 15-16 season, something occurred during the course of that game that has never happened before in the National Hockey League and is unlikely to ever happen again in the National Hockey League. And it involved the Edmonton Oilers against the Calgary Flames. Do you want to hazard a guess off the top of your head? Work your way through it for a couple seconds. I'm trying. Believe me, the hamster's going nuts on the wheel. I, uh, I'm i not sure. I wasn't looking at the Oilers that closely at that time, to be honest. All right. Well, uh, it's uh, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just throw it out there and see how many people text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. And uh, just see how many people off the top. See, now, now what's happening is guys are going on to HockeyReference.com to see whether or not they can uh, figure out what it is. It's a really unique thing that occurred during the course of that game. And unfortunately, it was the only time it happened that season. And it couldn't happen again after that season. There's your hint on that front. So we'll throw that out there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. It's 12.15 in Edmonton. We'll just take a quick wild 30. You're listening to Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. 
This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, 7804960063. That's our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Some of the guesses, Bob, did Connor McDavid score his first goal against the Flames in that game? Well, he actually had a two-goal game in that game. Edmonton won 5-2. Yes, Connor McDavid, but that was not the unique thing that happened in that game. I mean, it's uh, this text says, Bob, did Harvey the Hound get accosted? No, that happened years earlier with a different coach in a different time. 7804960063. Bob, was there a goalie fight? No, that had never happened until this past season. Um, so back on October 17th, it was a Saturday night game. It was the first of back-to-back games for the Oilers against uh, Saturday against Calgary, and then Sunday they took on the Vancouver Canucks. All four number one picks for the Edmonton Oilers scored in that game. Uh, Nugent Hopkins got the first one. Hall scored. Yakupov scored. And McDavid had two goals in that game and unfortunately it was the only time that season that ended up happening and i remember uh, jack and myself was we were watching that thinking this is pretty intriguing <laughs> so, like you're thinking to yourself okay well um just of note because we are keeping an eye on things like the khl and dmitry samarukov and players like that over there anton slepeshev it's interesting neil yakupov Went over to Russia in his first year in the KHL. Like, his first year in Edmonton was his best. He scored 17 goals. He actually led the Oilers in scoring in 12-13. And then he kind of, well, he did regress. There's no other way to say it. I don't think the coaching change at the time that it occurred. I think Yakupov, I think Ralph Kruger had a fundamental understanding of how to handle a guy like that. And uh, obviously things went a different direction when the coaching change was made. Uh, but Neil Yakupov's first year in the KHL was very successful. He led a very good team, uh, Seska, in scoring and ended up the next season dropping off quite a bit. And he didn't get his contract extended. And this year in the KHL, he's got just one goal in 14 games. It's talk about a woulda, coulda, shoulda uh, with Neil Yakupov, who, frankly, if you ever met him, is one of the nicest guys you could ever. He's just is, he tended to work on what he was good at instead of maybe what he was, wasn't good at. But, uh, yeah, Saturday, October 17th was the anniversary of a game in which all four number ones from the same team scored in the same game. And it never happened before in NHL history. And it's unlikely to ever happen, uh, well, for a long, long time. All right. So, uh, we're in a bit of a, that's pretty freaky, eh, Brendan? When you think about just the confluence of events that would lead to one team having, you know, obviously Hall going number one in 2010, Nuge going number one in 11, Yakupov number one in 2012, and then, uh, winning the lottery in 2015. The funny thing is about Yakupov, it didn't work for him, but ironically enough, the Oilers hit the home run in 2014, getting dry saddle third, and he was not with the team at that time of the season. He was down in the minors playing in Bakersfield in the 15-16 season, and the next night in Vancouver, Connor McDavid on the power play set up a goal where he beat three guys uh, on a zone entry and just left it in the high slot, and Yakupov hammered one home. Uh, game went to overtime, and Lori Korpakoski, of all people, scored the game winner in overtime in Vancouver. I remember it well, but uh, what are the chances that that would happen uh, back in the day? 
all four number one picks. And so you're saying you weren't following the Oilers back then, Brendan, as closely? Were you following the Canucks or yeah, what? I hadn't moved here quite yet at this point that year. So I was still, you know, I was on the fence because it was the McDavid, like everybody knew about Connor from the time he was 13 or 14, right? Regardless of where you were from, if not sooner than that. Um, so I had my eyes on him really from the time he scored that ridiculous goal in his return against Columbus that year. And at that point, it was like, okay, this Oilers team, this Oilers team. And then shortly after, I moved up here so it just missed the cutoff I suppose yeah it's uh you know and we have our woulda coulda shoulda moments and then with Yakupov I think that you know a lot of people would say well there's a guy I was sure was gonna like the experts going into the 2012 draft we've talked about this 800 times over the years there was more uh consensus in terms of the number one pick in 2012 than there was in the 10 and 11 picks and uh, just never ultimately came to fruition uh, for Yakupov, and he played on a team in Sarnia that had had some challenges, and some people suggested to me, Bob, he was better the year before his draft year than in his draft year as well. Again, you would not find uh, a nicer guy. Uh, he certainly tried to be worldly. He spent some time with Nikolai Habibulin and learned uh, a little about culture as well. Very in- intriguing fellow to-, to have a conversation with. All right. Saturday night, special shout-out to the folks at uh, local downtown. I went with a couple uh, old-school football guys that know how great the Southeastern Conference is. Alabama played Georgia, and it was uh, a terrific game. Alabama has immense talent. Uh, Some have called me a front-runner. I would just say I respect organizations that have process and structure. Alabama does that. They produce fantastic players, as exhibited yesterday. Uh, for those of you, and right now we're in a situation where there's no hockey. I know that uh, the AJHL starting to get going here. There's going to be no U-sports hockey this year. WHL, second half of the season, there's going to be an announcement tonight on TSN about the World Juniors and the change in scheduling on that front. Uh, but there's a lot of football. And college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. And an Alabama grad yesterday, Derek Henry, uh, for the third time since 2018, rushed for 200-plus yards. Uh, there's only been three other uh, – that's only happened three other times in the league since the start of the 2018 season. Brendan, I know you're a bit of a football junkie. Six foot three, 247 pounds. Now, I will tell you, he's not as fast as Bo Jackson, but he's a long strider. He is the most, for me, when I watch Derek, he has got to be the most deceptive big man I've ever, like, guys, He I've never seen him caught from behind. Like, he's, ne- like, Bo got caught once from behind by a 180-pound defensive back after Bo Jackson around 130 yards on the play. Ran from one sideline to the other and swept back and hurtled a guy and, and raced down the field against the Bengals and got caught on the one-yard line by a guy named Mike Jones. Uh, but, I mean, it is scary what Derrick Henry, is he, is he the best running back in the NFL, do you think, right now? The thing for me is he just doesn't catch passes well enough to really get that title, right? But when he's when he's in the open field, I don't know how anybody is supposed to tackle him. It's preposterous watching that big of a man move like he does. Yeah, uh, I would. I well, he made a pretty nice catch in. Uh, they threw the ball to him five times yesterday, and uh, he had minus one on the first four <laughs> net yards total, and then he broke one big in uh, the overtime period. I think he's an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable player. Uh, just a special shout-out, because a lot of you are going to have extra time right now. I'd highly recommend the trial of uh, the Chicago 7 with Sasha Baron Cohen, which is now out on Netflix. Uh, certainly makes you appreciate how much power the government is willing to levy against 
their citizens. And that occurred during the course, as many of you know, during the 1968 Democratic National Convention in uh, the city of Chicago. Two are, so our top story today for Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the $99 pre-scheduled furnace maintenance. All's quiet on the Western Front right now. We're going to have a special guest on tomorrow's show, a little bit of a tease, get a little bit of perspective on uh, maybe how we see things shaking down for deployment of personnel for the start of the upcoming Edmonton Oilers season. Off to the Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Elliot Friedman on Friday's show had this to say in a possible Canadian division next season. I think we all believe there's a good chance that there, or at least a decent chance there's a Canadian division. The border obviously will tell the tale. But it was nice to hear an owner say it. No question about it. Um, you know, I like. I think we're all curious about it. Um, you know, also the Canadian teams are, are the three, you, uh, your team, Calgary, uh, Vancouver, they're also wondering, like, what happens to their AHL teams yep. if the borders close? So I know there's some talk about, do you bring them into Canada? And if you bring them into Canada, do you centralize them? Or do you have, like, a Western tour so it makes it easier for you guys to play against each other? I don't know. It's, this is all stuff that's being talked about. But, it, look, I think at the beginning, the, the NHL didn't like the idea of a Canadian division. And then, you know, now there's the, the, out of necessity, um, you know, it's something they're at least planning for. It's an option, although obviously in a perfect world, they go with normal. Now, the other thing here, too, Bob, is that the players have made it very clear they don't want bubbles. Right. Even the temporary ones they're not crazy yep. about. So, yep. I mean, how are we going to solve this all? It's, it's a good question. And we'll have to wait and see. And for those of you that have not heard, the uh, border remains closed uh, to anybody for non-essential travel for another month until November the 21st. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau announcing that today. Former defenseman Marcus Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, you, you mentioned Nashville, Florida, and Columbus. They have cap space, but they don't have money. I believe you're beginning to see the squeezing out of the middle class in the NHL. You can't keep paying mid-level NHL talent like they're the ones putting butts in the seats. All Ultimately, those contracts hamstrung your club, and you have two if they have too high of an AAV, but worse, too long a term. I'm not cheering this on, just pointing it that it's an unfortunate reality. That might have been the smartest text you've ever sent, former defenseman Mark. Uh, I 100% concur with that uh, line of thinking. I've had that discussion and argument over the years, like dating back 50 years. All right, let's get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. They've got face masks for everybody. Elite Promotional Marketing is Edmonton owned and operated. Visit their online face mask shop by going to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brennan Escott. Jumbo Joe Thornton signed a one-year deal with the Maple Leafs at the end of last week. It's a league minimum $700,000 contract. The 41-year-old says he wants to win a cup and believes he's got a shot to do so in T.O. Today's news, Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster Mike Doc Emmerich announced his retirement after a near 50-year broadcasting career. He's now 70 four years old. Emmerich has been the lead NHL broadcaster on NBC Sports uh, for the last 15 years now, but he had called games regionally in New York, New Jersey, Philly. He's called 22 Stanley Cup finals, and by his count, somewhere around 3,750 uh, 3, uh, professional and Olympic hockey games. Matt Grizzlick re-signed with the Boston Bruins 
Wants four more years there, a $14.75 million deal for the 26-year-old. That's worth just under 3.7 mil per year. Cody Cece is your newest Pittsburgh Penguin. That's a one-year, $1.25 million deal. Kristen Fisher got a two-year extension from Arizona. Uh, he was their second rounder in 2015. He's up to 63 points across 213 NHL games now. And the Yotes also loaned uh, Barrett Hayton to a Finnish Liga team to start this season. Colorado's third rounder from that same 2015 draft, J.C. Bodine, re-signed in Ottawa on a two-way deal. That's the league minimum there. Nashville youngster Rem Pitlick making nearly $900,000 on his new two-way deal. That is the same story for Tyson Jost of St. Albert Product after seeing he signed an offer from uh, Colorado, the former 10th overall pick, failing so far to gain much traction at the NHL level. And uh, Oil Kings, first-round first pick from the Oil Kings, Jake Neighbors has signed his entry-level contract uh, with St. Louis over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, 26 overall to Craig Berube's St. Louis Blues there, Bob. Jost, uh, interesting guy. He's going to play probably third-line wing for Colorado this year. They got him at a million bucks or under. Not bad. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, our NHL insider, John Shannon, you're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.